to do that. Woo! <laughs> uh, you're supposed to have all kinds of energy because there's all kinds of energy going on outside. Um, well, February has been Relationship Month, and that's why that song was there. He's just thinking out loud. And a buddy and I were sitting there, and it says, I'll love you till you're 70. And we said, really? I, said, I told him, I said, I'll go to 90 if you want to. If you want to get to 70 and say, ah, well, that's enough. <laughs> you can do that, but I'll go to 90. <laughs> well, you guys, I am so impressed that you're here. You know, in the first service, we had, a whole section over here was filled with babies. I mean, I saw people come in carrying babies. I said, I can't even believe that you were willing to come out in this weather with your babies. I was so impressed. And now you guys are here. Somebody drove from Springfield this morning, right? Maryland. Maryland from Maryland. Drove from Maryland this morning. We had a physician here this morning that went and did his rounds and then came to the first service. I mean, Wow. It's, you're very impressive. And so for you online, welcome to Jammy Church. And uh, you know what, how many people have been online? Yeah, I've done Jammy Church before. Go online when you can't be here. And uh, it's really kind of awesome. You decide not to come out, but that's okay. We're all one because we're all online or here. And God is the same wherever we are. Well, advertisers, oh, somebody wrote me a little note up here. I'm not going to tell you what that is. It's really sweet. <laughs> anyway, advertisers use repetitive patterns to drill things into our brains. And the reason uh, our brains will uh, reward repetitive patterns. And the reason it does is because it makes things familiar to us, and our brain loves that, because then we don't have to think. And it's easy and humans love easy, where we don't have to do a whole lot to make a choice, you know? So um, we're going to look at these and shout them out as soon as you know them. Here we go. Didn't have to think a bit, did you? Okay. Microsoft. That's awesome. Salem Fields now is up there with Microsoft. <laughs> okay, so you got those. So you didn't have to think of it. Man, you saw that. You know, I go home and uh, I turn off of Route 1 onto my road and way up there in the sky, I see it almost every time is McDonald's. I don't have to think one bit to know what's there on the corner. You know, we don't have to think. Advertisers are genius in drilling these things repetitively over and over and over and over again. You see them over and over again. So that when you see them, bam, you're right there. You don't have to think at all. Okay, now here's some, and I need you to sing out loud. Okay? Here we go. There you go. <laughs> Didn't have to think about that one, did you? All right, Folgers. What could this be? What is it? Yes, how did you know that? <laughs> okay, here's the next one. 
Yeah, see? <laughs> Didn't have to think of it, did you? So easy, so familiar, you guys know that. Probably when you're 90, you'll still be able to sing that. I bet you will. I bet we will. Advertisers are geniuses at repetitive patterns. Here we go. What is it? Everybody do it. Barbecue sauce. Give it to me. Barbecue sauce. <laughs> that was chilies. Okay, here we go. I take much from us, did it? That was Coca-Cola. There it was. That was an old one too, right? That was a really old one, but a good one because we still remember it. Okay, here we go. yourselves a hand and give the advertisers that bore that into your brain a hand they were genius because that's what repetitive patterns do in our lives uh, you know uh, you go to the supermarket and have you ever stood there and it's like all these choices all these different brands that's why I send buddy to the supermarket because I can't choose, I spend too much time. And like, he'll just go and he knows exactly what to get. It, it's shown that people will get the most familiar brand, even if they haven't even used that product, because we like familiar. And you know, on Mondays, the staff, which is kind of big, uh, we're together on Mondays, we do staff meeting, and then we always go to lunch together. And uh, we are a repetitive customer at Vinny's. And the, yeah, the re, that's a good, I think they need to give us a free lunch tomorrow, don't you? Because I have pumped them in every service. But uh, the reason we do that is because we don't even have to say it. We just look at each other and say, we're going to lunch, where? Yeah, there we are. We're repetitive because it's easy. We don't have to haggle and say, oh, well, I want to go here, I want to go there. All we do is we just go. We don't, it's kind of our default. Those repetitive patterns, we just fall into them. And in our lifetime, we develop both positive repetitive patterns and negative repetitive patterns. Now, a positive repetitive pattern is one that you have probably this morning. You did it. You rolled out of bed, or maybe some of you didn't. I don't know. Maybe you've been working all night. But most of us rolled out of bed. We got a shower. We brushed our teeth, except for... Buddy brushes his teeth and then gets a shower. And then we comb our hair and we do what we do. We get our coffee, we get in our car, we go, and we have that morning routine. It's a repetitive pattern. How many people do the same routine every morning? I talked to a guy the other night, and he said uh, he gets up at 3.30 in the morning, drives from Culpeper to Silver Spring, 
And he said that he hits the road by 4 o'clock, and he goes into the same Wawa every day. And he, sh he was showing me how he did it. He walks into it, and we weren't even talking about repetitive patterns, but he walks in, he pulls up his cup, and you know how four or five of them stick on there? He flicks it down, and then he keeps on going. I mean, that was part of his repetitive pattern of the morning. And then he showed me how he went, and I thought it would be really funny to, to be that person working and watching that pattern every day. But that's what we do. We have positive, repetitive patterns. And then there are negative, repetitive patterns. And those are things like addictions. Things that we do over and over and over and over again. The problem is that they're self-defeating. And they dig us into a hole deeper and deeper and deeper. And we all have some of those things that we do that we think, oh, I wish I just wouldn't do that. So the goal in our life then is to break those repetitive negative patterns and to develop in our life more repetitive positive patterns. Now this month we've been talking about how to find fulfillment in life and how to have great relationships and there has been a positive repetitive pattern that I hope when you leave today it will be bore into your brain as much as McDonald's and Apple are. Because it's very simple, it's repetitive, it's something that you can tell yourself over and over and over again, and it can, if, if you actually live it out, it will lead to great relationships and more fulfillment in your life. It's a guarantee on the authority of God's word. It's just true. And I'm going to make it very simple for you today, and we're going to basically review what has happened this month. The, rep the, the repetitive positive pattern is live, love, dance, and just repeat. Live, love, dance, repeat. So today we're going to conclude our series, and I'm simply going to give you a reminder that when we repeat this pattern over and over and over, that it'll make a positive change in our lives and that we'll be led to better relationships and a more fulfilled life. So you don't have to do this. We did it in the first service, um, but, and we had a lot of fun with it. But um, I'm going to make you guys love, okay? You're all love. No, 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 you're live. Live, love, dance, you're repeat, okay? You got it. We're going to do the wave, okay? And we're going to do it through three times. Live, love, dance, you repeat. Now, you've got fewer people over here, so you're going to have to be louder. And you actually have to do three things at a time. You have to shout out, stand up, and throw your hands up. I don't know. It's like chewing gum and walking. But here we go. You guys ready? Okay, you're live. Okay, ready? Go. <laughs> now, what's the positive, uh, repetitive pattern? There you go. And I'm going to make it really, really simple for you. Uh, a couple of weeks ago, uh, see, you hear a message uh, on a Sunday morning, and then you leave, and it's like two weeks later, I even do this. Now, what was that? <laughs> if somebody says, what was that on? When we started this series, what was it on? It was one word. <laughs> What was it, guys? Live. <laughs> Live. Remember Rich? Rich told us, he took us into Philippians, to Paul. 
And Paul told us in Philippians 4 what the secret to living really is. Okay, so you live, guys. Stand up, and I want you to read this. I want you to read it with gusto. Not like, yeah, well, here we go again. But with, like repeats did. That was awesome, guys. Okay, here we go. For I have learned... So tell me, what is the secret to living life? Yes, being content. Paul says very simply, you can sit now. Thank you. That was awesome. Paul says that no matter what's going on in my life, that I can have a peace and a joy that abides deep within me if I learn how to be content. No matter who's in my life or no matter what's going on in my life. And the secret to contentment within is that no matter what our circumstances, that's not what is controlling us. Because when you seek God first and you, and you live by his kingdom and his ways, then there's this place, there's this space deep within you that will not be moved. And no one or nothing can steal that joy. Can you imagine if believers lived that way in this world? If this joy, no matter what was going on in our life, was just simply oozing out of us? Because, yeah, this is sad and this is hard and this is tough and I can't believe this is happening. But you know what? I have a hope that God has my future in his hands and he is guiding me and he is leading me and I'm listening to him and I'm tuning into him. And there's this place, there's this space inside of me that I have an assurance that my life is in his hands. It's not in my circumstances. It's not with that person who's so difficult in my life. It doesn't matter if I have a lot of money, a million dollars in my savings account, or I'm living like my grandson Christian does as a college student on one dollar a week. It doesn't matter. Because that's not what determines my peace, my life. It doesn't matter if I have a difficult co-worker. It doesn't matter if someone's trying to ruin my reputation. It doesn't matter if I have wonderful people around me. That is not what gives me direction for my life. That's not what's determining the direction that my life is going to end up. See, contentment is not, well, this is just as good as it gets, or it's complacency. No. It's a passionate, uh, vibrant place within us that has assurance and a stability that nothing or no one can steal from us. It comes from allowing God to be my everything. Rich told us about this. God, not just first, but he is my everything. There's an assurance, there's a confidence that my life and my future are in his hands. Because you see, the future is God's secret. If I worry about the future, I'm sinning. That is not for me to know. 
What's for me to know is my next step to take with him. And oftentimes that's all he gives me. But I have an assurance and I have a confidence that as I am seeking him first and as I am obeying his word, that he will change me and he will equip me and he will either take me up that mountain or around that mountain or he will take that mountain away. That's not for me to determine. That's for him to choose. What I have to do is simply obey what he, where he leads me next. Oh, shadows of sadness will come. That doesn't mean that your joy goes away. That doesn't mean that your peace will go away. You'll have tough things to deal with. There will be circumstances. There will be lies told about you. There will be people that don't like what you do. There will be uh, financial issues that you'll have to deal with. You're going to have problems. You know, I read something that said, give up the illusion of a problem-free life. We're going to have problems. But if we allow those circumstances and those people to direct our life, we're going to get way off course. We're going to be miserable. But if we can hook into seeking God first and live by his ways, because he gives us promises to live by, and I love this. It just popped out at me this past week. It says, I will, just as God says this to me, he says it to you, but I personally take this. He says, I will instruct you, gay. I will teach you my ways. I will teach you in the way that you need to go. Not in the way you feel you need to go, not in the way you think you need to go, but in the way that you should go. That's the way I want. And that promises for you, and that's promises for me. And, and I hook into that. And I gotta tell you, nothing or nobody can steal my joy and my peace. Can you imagine if believers lived in the world that way? Man, I've got this thing that's going on in my life, but you know what? The future is God's and my life is in his hands and I've got this hope and this joy that he's gonna give me the next step. Wow. What kind of passionate light would there be in the world if we could live that way? That is living. Live. Be content. Live by being content. And then Jason uh, focused us on uh, how we can find and experience godly love in our relationships. He talked about 1 Corinthians 13, love is patient, love is kind, and, and on and on. He talked about being equally yoked in our relationships. But he, he, uh, he told us that when we seek God's heart and when we follow his ways, because that's the king in his kingdom, the king in his kingdom is seeking him first and, and following his ways. It creates a love, a love that cannot be matched in any, with any human love. And when we hook into him, he honors us and he blesses us in our relationships. And I was captured by Jason's story. Buddy and I were coming back from Ohio and it was blustery and snowy and windy and it was time for the 11 o'clock service and we were somewhere maybe around Morgantown, West Virginia and I said, let's go online. Let's have jammy church. <laughs> Only we were in the car. And so I, I went online and sure enough, there came the service and I got to listen to, to Jason tell his story about how God brought him and Jody together. And Buddy and I almost had to pull over as we listened to him talk about in 1998 how God spoke to his heart. Jason was in Kuwait. He was in the military. And he said, God got a hold of his heart in 1998. And he knew that he needed to turn towards God. 
and to seek him. And he knew that he had relationships in his life where he didn't put God first. And he wasn't in a relationship at that time, but he said, you know what, God, I know that I need to put you first, and I know that I need to put that into your hands. And Buddy and I, like I said, we almost had to pull over. Both of us, I looked at him and we were weeping because in 1998, he and I were praying for Jody's future husband. They had no idea who each other was. We had no idea who Jason was. But God had his hand on all of us because we were seeking him first. And then God did this amazing thing by winding the stories around and bringing Jason through this, this door. And God clearly, not like Buddy and I did, Buddy and I did not follow God at all into our relationship. And it took us, it has taken us years to, to, to get this relationship to a place that, that honors God. We determined early in our relationship that we were going to seek him first. And both of us did individually. But we, we did not bring this relationship together uh, by seeking God. But to see that our next generation, to see that our kids and, and God was, was, had his hand on them and on us and, and for Jody and Jason to put God first in their lives, because she wasn't interested in a relationship at that time either. She was seeking God, and so was he, and he brought them together. It was, it was just overwhelming for us. And Jason challenged us to remember that when we develop any relationship, any intimate relationship, whether it's best friends, whether it's a dating relationship, whether it's a marital relationship, to seek God first in your own life first. And then to allow God to lead some, you to someone that is seeking God first. And not changing the word to make it the way you want it or the way you make it feel good, but to live by his word. And he will change us beyond our own wants and needs. And he will bring us together. And we will experience a love like no other. Oh, if we all could do that. So, okay, love group, are you ready? Stand up with me. This is what Jason uh, called us. He had other scriptures about being equally yoked and, and about 1 Corinthians 13, but here is the core, here is the root. Would you read this verse together? With gusto, here you go. Thank you, love. <laughs> you can be seated. After the service, people came to, a couple of two people came to me and they said, they were telling me all the circumstances that were going on in their life and they said, but, but how, how can I do this? And I said, seek God first. Pretty simple. Seek God first. Allow his word to change you. And he will show us a love that is incomparable to any other love. So live, live in love, live in love. It's the beginning of a repetitive, positive pattern that if we get it, and we get it in here as much as we do Apple and Starbucks and Subaru and Shell, and my baloney has a first name, <laughs> if we can get this into our brain and live it, because living means be content, loving means be putting God first, and, and choose it. We have to intentionally choose it. 
And didn't we have fun last week dancing? How many people danced? Yeah. You know, it was so fun. It was so spontaneous. Has anyone here danced in a worship service before? <laughs> well, you know, it was like when Buddy prepared his, was preparing his message on, on this, uh, he said, you know, it'd be really fun if, if uh, I just had people, when Pam started singing, I hope you dance, uh, to just say, why don't you get up and dance? And he said, no, I'm not going to do that. And so he uh, set up the song, and Pam began to sing, and he decided he wasn't going to do that, and the couple right over here spontaneously got up, started dancing with each other. And I said, well, that's a good idea. So I came up, and I danced with Buddy, and people all over this room were dancing together because he was encouraging our marriages, this covenant that we've made with one another, to have some fun. Come on, chill out. Have some fun. And he encouraged us from Solomon, who was a very, very, he was known to be very, very wise. He encouraged us with this scripture. Okay, dancers, stand up. Going to have you read it. All right? With gusto. Here you go. Read what Solomon said. I commend. That was the best yet. Yeah. <laughs> Thank you. You can be seated. <laughs> what was that? <laughs> it was like this little generator going. Nah, nah, nah. <laughs> that, that was awesome. <laughs> Didn't you love being part of that? You were kind of dancing with your voices. <laughs> that was awesome. This is what Solomon said. He said, you're going to have some trouble in your life. That word toil. You're going to have some problems. And you know what you need to do? You need to bank up some deposits in your life, some deposits of joy and happiness and fun so that when those problems come, it'll carry you through until uh, you can get your way through all of that. And so he said, have some fun. Eat, drink, and be merry. And, you know, it was fun to hear the stories this past week. I had someone tell me uh, one night this week. She said, you know what? My husband and I have been married for two years and uh, already the fun is gone. <laughs> what, why are you laughing? <laughs> that is, Buddy and I got together because we were having fun, and then we got married. <laughs> and, and then it was like the fun was gone. And he and I have to work at this, but she said this. She said, you know what? We realized that, and we went outside, and we had a snowball fight. Now, you can't have a snowball fight without laughing, can you? Jackson and I had one this week. Except we didn't laugh. They were ice balls. And they really, really hurt. <laughs> but it was fun. And then uh, Buddy and I went to a movie. But the, our district superintendent was here last week. And he said, he told Buddy, he said, you know what we did? My wife and I went to a movie this week. We hardly ever do that. And then Buddy and I went out for a drive. You know, we like to just drive around and chill out. And, and uh, so we did that. We've got to inject some fun into our lives. We get so serious. I know Buddy and I do. And, and we just, Solomon says, you know what? Have some fun. Right in the middle of um, all that stuff that you're going through, all those people that are gnawing at you, <laughs> have some fun. Praise the Lord. Okay, we're going to do the wave again. Here we go. Ready? 
Go. Do it all over again. Do it all over again. I hope when you leave today, you can say that. Live, love, dance. It's a repetitive, positive pattern. Say that three times. I heard potty in there somewhere. Repetitive. <laughs> Just repeat it. Live, be content. Love, put God first. Dance, have some fun. And repeat. You guys are great repeaters. Do it all over again. I'm telling you, if we can get that in there and we can live that, we can be reminded of that, it will lead us to better relationships and a fulfilled life. It just will because it's on the authority of God's word. Now, you might say, I want to be content. I want God at the center of my life. I want to have some fun but it just seems like something weighs me down. It just seems like something holds me back. And we, I, I want you to be challenged this morning to ask yourself, what could that be? What might that be? Maybe I'm getting caught up in circumstances. Maybe I'm allowing the people in my life to direct my life. I'm pleasing them or whatever that is. Maybe I'm not having enough fun. Maybe, you know what, I'm not putting God at the center of my life. If you really want to know, God will show you what that is. And when you know what that is, you've got something that you can give to him. But I want to ask you, what is that mountain? Whatever that thing is, it's a mountain in your life, and it's blocking the sun. Not just the brightness of the sun, but the S-O-N. Those mountains in our lives can block out the abundant life, the very thing that God wants us to have, the very thing that's going to reflect him in a world that's very dark and doesn't see it very often. What is that in your life? You know what? We're all human, and we all do dumb things. I know I do. I have said some dumb things that I wish I wouldn't have said, and I have done some dumb, maybe you can't relate to me, I don't know. But I have done some dumb things that I wish I wouldn't have done. And you know, um, we tend to hold that stuff against ourselves. I did a dumb thing recently, and this might sound kind of dumb to you, <laughs> but I felt pretty dumb. I, I managed to download a virus on my Mac. Some people say that's really hard to do, but I did it. And I won't get into how I did it and all that, but I felt really dumb. I said, you know what? I know better than that. I know not to do that. So I went to Diego. I said, Diego, can you help me with this? And he said, oh, Diego's a genius. And he said, yeah, I could do that. I could get it clean for you. It would take about five hours. And I said, well, I need my computer in the morning. He said, well, I've got class. I've got homework. And I said, well, I forget it. I was going to pay him like $200,000, but <laughs> he, didn't, he didn't want that. <laughs> so I went to the Mac store in Richmond, and in five minutes, he said, no problem, we got a new tool, bam, five minutes, the virus was gone. It was amazing. But you know what? After that, I thought, you know, I'm, that was so dumb. And I had to kind of work through letting myself off the hook of how dumb that was. And then I said to Colin, I said, that was so stupid. He said, you were not stupid, you were deceived, because they are genius in knowing how to deceive you. 
And so I began to think, you know, that's really true. And that seems like a silly illustration, but I really had to let myself off the hook for that. See, a mountain can block the abundance. And I just suspect that sometimes that mountain that's blocking us is some unforgiveness. Not forgiving ourselves and not forgiving other people. Because we've done some dumb things that we don't let ourselves off the hook. And other people have done some hurtful, dumb things to us. Some things that were just unfair, unjust. And unforgiveness is like this weight that holds us down. It's like a mountain that blocks us from getting the fullest out of life. And it keeps us from creating positive patterns in our life. And here's something that's very sobering. It's right out of the word. It's red letters. And it's straight from Jesus. He says, if you remember anyone who has wronged you, forgive him. So that God above can also forgive you. But it goes on. If you don't forgive, don't expect God to forgive you. Wow. Each service that I've read that, it stops me in my tracks even further. Because included in that is forgiving yourself. Jesus died on the cross for our forgiveness, for our sins. And when we hold something against ourselves or someone else, we're sinning. Because he says, that's why I died. It stops me in my tracks. So here's a reminder. Seeking God means that we choose to live by his word and by his way. In Mark 24, right before this verse, Jesus talks about moving mountains and he says that the mountains will be moved if you ask him. Now, I don't know what that mountain is in your life. I go to the Lord daily and I say, God, would you show me what might be standing between you and me? Because I don't want it there. I'm going to admit it. I'm going to confess it. I'm going to take the steps that I need to to obey what you ask me to do. Because I want the fullest of life. I want nothing to steal my joy and my contentment. I want to laugh and I want to love. So I choose to put you first. And what happens is when we admit our grudges, including the grudges that we hold against ourselves, he forgives. Our role is not to judge or evaluate because that creates pride. It creates insecurity, it creates a bitter spirit. Our role is to seek him first, not to get our eyes on what they're doing or what they're doing. Our, our role is to seek him first and obey his word. Jesus died for that so that we could have the abundance of life. See, the problem with believers a lot of times is we want the benefits without the purpose. And the purpose is for him 
to make us to look more like him, to develop a forgiving spirit. He was hanging on the cross, and he said, Father, forgive them. They don't know what they're doing. They don't know the damage that they're causing. But he committed them and his spirit into God's hands. Our job is to seek him first, to seek his forgiveness first, to allow him to forgive us and then to obey him by forgiving others, including ourselves. And as the verse said, we can't be forgiven unless we forgive. And that's when someone after the first service came to me and said, well, how do I forgive? I said, by seeking him first, by obeying his word in spite of what everyone else is doing, that's your job. And he will begin to give you clarity on your next step. That's all you need to know. Follow his will, follow his way, and that's all we need. That's truly living. If you're holding something against someone for hurting you, maybe an injustice that was done to you, if, if you're holding something against yourself that you have not allowed yourself off the hook, Jesus says that that mountain can be moved and it's in your hands if you surrender it to him, if you admit that and you say, God, here's where I'm at. And he forgives us. We all do dumb things. We've all had dumb things done to us. But he says, admit it. Receive my forgiveness and forgive. Develop a forgiving spirit because that's what restores relationships and restores us into relationship with him. We're going to wrap up this series, and I think that now we're the last service in this series. Now is a really good time to reflect. And if you're willing to allow God to bring those things to your mind, he'll be faithful. He'll show you. You might not like what you see. I never have. <laughs> I've never liked what he's shown me about me. But it was the first step in discovering the abundant life to experience a freedom and a forgiveness like this world cannot give. We have to lower our pride. We have to deal with our insecurities. We have to put away what everyone else here thinks. We have to hook into what God thinks and pleasing Him. Maybe it's time to deal with whatever that mountain is. I can't tell you what it is. Only God can tell you, and I think you know so that we can develop this positive pattern of truly living, finding love, having some fun, and just doing it all over again. I saw the most beautiful example of, I haven't told anyone else this, of forgiveness yesterday. I was in my office, and I heard a little girl just crying. Sounded like one of those cries where she'd been hurt, not just her heart, but physically even. So I went out into the area there to discover what it was. And she was, she's just a little bitty thing. She was just crying and I knew she'd been hurt. And I just kind of took her in my arms, first of all. And I said, I'm so sorry. I know you're hurting. 
And then the door opened to this little boy that was standing there. And this other little girl was telling on this little boy as it goes. And I said, well, what about that to the little boy? And he said, yeah, we just kind of want to be in here because it was the big kids, you know, and these little kids, they didn't want those little kids. And I said to the little kids, you know, sometimes the big kids just don't want the little kids around. And she said, I know, I know. And I said, little boy, did that really happen? And he said, yeah, it did. And he looked at that little girl and he said, I'm sorry. And I looked at the little girl and I said, do you forgive him? She said, yes. Oh, if we could be as little children. I don't know. I love this whole thing that we've been doing since the beginning of the year, seeking God first. I know that it's changing my life. I'm drawing closer to Him. I know I've got some of the most difficult days of my life right now, circumstances that I've never dealt with before. But I've got more of a trust, more of a peace, more of a joy because they don't determine the direction of my life. Live that way. Love that way. Dance. So let's just take the last few moments, take time to reflect. You can be there all by yourself with everybody else. You know what I mean? And just focus in on God. Admit, confess, and obey. I chose this song because I really felt like it could close our series well. It's called A Song to the King. And it just simply says, no matter what, I'm going to praise you, God. But what I'm going to do is not just give you part of me. I'm going to give you everything. I'm going to give you all of me. I'm going to allow you to change me. It's going to hurt. But I'm going to seek you and your kingdom first. So maybe you'll want to come up here and pray. I don't know. Maybe not. What I want you to do is just to be obedient to whatever God asks you to do. encourage you, no matter what's going on in your life, praise him. Allow your praise to go on and on and on and on. Don't allow your circumstances or difficult people or things that are going on to determine the direction of your life. Seek him first. Allow his kingdom and his ways to change you. And you will find a peace that passes all understanding because it will guard your heart and your mind. And you'll be in a place, in a space that nothing of this world can touch, a joy that cannot be stolen. 
Can we just bow our heads and close our eyes? And I just want to ask you this morning, if God brought someone or something to your mind, maybe someone that you need to forgive, maybe that person is you. Jesus died so that we could experience forgiveness, so that we could be forgiven and we could offer forgiveness, to develop a forgiving spirit. I want to pray for you. If that's you, would you just, nobody's looking around, just lift your hand. Thank you. Thank you. All over this room. We've all been hurt. We've all fallen short of the glory of God, and we've all had hurtful things done to us. Thank you. Thank you. As you lift your hand, you're saying, God, I want you to know I'm being honest here. I'm admitting there's some, some things that you and I need to kind of tackle. And he's right there waiting for you, ready to offer you the abundant life, to remove that mountain or take you over or equip you in a way that you'll be able to take the mountain on. But we have to lower our pride, come before him, and he'll be faithful. Father, thank you so much for those hands that were raised. Lord, I pray that you will do whatever needs to be done. That's what I love about you, God. You're, you, you love us all and you're the same to all of us, but uniquely you can speak to each one of us exactly what we need. And so, Father, I pray that we'll all move closer to you by seeking you, by putting you first in our lives by allowing you to change us so that we can truly live and love and dance. Repeat it all over again to the fullest. Father, thank you for, give, for forgiveness, for dying on the cross so that we could experience it, so that our bitter hearts will be overtaken by your love. Father, may we be a people that go out into the world and just ooze that kind of joy. Father, thank you for your word that guides us, instructs us, teaches us, but most of all, keeps your loving eye on us all the time. Thank you for your spirit that we're enjoying here right now. It's in Jesus' name that we pray. Amen. I don't know about you, but when God's people get together like this and we let down all that pride and all the junk and we come before him as little children, I never want to leave it. It's a beautiful spirit. Thank you for engaging and entering into that. So now whatever he spoke to you about, just obey what he says in your life and you'll find victory and you will live to the fullest, love the best, and you'll have some good times, okay? Love you guys. See you next time. My heart and my soul, I give you control, consume me from